Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines Royal Rumble Aftershock. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and you can uh, follow Wrestling Headlines on Twitter at Wrestle Headlines. <laughs> I need to do a better way of plugging that. Uh, anyway, the Royal Rumble has just finished about 15 minutes ago or so. And I'm here at the very early British time of 10 past 4 in the morning <laughs> to go through the show and everything. But recently, we've just finished the Men's Rumble, which main event of the show. Uh, personally, I'll, I'll, before I go into each match specifically, I'll talk about how I felt throughout the show. Also, tonight you're so sponsored by Cider. <laughs> mm. So not genuinely. <laughs> by sponsored, I mean with the Rumble, I've been drinking some cider. Very British way <laughs> to get drunk. Anyway, so overall in terms of the Rumble itself, like the, sorry, not Rumble, not Rumble itself, but the show itself, I thought it was, it's this weird mixed bag where I had a list of things I put in as a, in like bad scenarios I wouldn't want to see happen. Then I had a list of things that I would, would like to see happen. And both <laughs> occurred. So in terms of like reviewing it as a show, it's a weird one. Um, like the women's rumble, I thought ended just perfectly, and the way it built up to it, the way they did the final two, I was really happy with the way that match went, the way that match ended. The men's rumble was seemingly the opposite, where I enjoyed like the flow of the most of the match, to a point where one of my current favourites in Keith Lee didn't even show up in the match because uh, if you didn't know, uh, he both he and Mia Yim received positive COVID... Well, no, Mia Yim received a positive COVID test, so that would mean Keith Lee would have to isolate, being that they live together. And Keith Lee wasn't in the Rumble, and I didn't mind, as in I didn't even notice. I didn't even think about it until I saw him on Twitter afterwards. It's like, oh, crap, yeah, Keith Lee wasn't in it. But it didn't matter, because I enjoyed the flow of the match so much that during watching the match, I never once thought about it. And uh, often when a Rumble isn't that great, you will drift away and start thinking about oh how could this be better and things and I didn't think about that like for the majority of the match I was thinking about the match and I was enjoying it the only downside I was thinking was uh, like my only nitpick was going to be oh if, for the love of god if Orton just shows up and wins I'm gonna because <laughs> I was not excited for that and like personally I I'm not personally excited about Edge winning the, in terms of the character in terms of it's, it's a weird one where in terms of the character of Edge winning in 2021, that doesn't excite me. Obviously, in terms of a personal overcoming, it's a story really difficult not to get into and then, uh, and get behind. And just seeing that story play out, I, I it's difficult not to get excited or at least feel at least for it to be a feel good moment for Edge to win the Rumble. Like uh, ten years after he had to retire due to severe neck injuries, and to see that obviously it may be happy but in terms of characters and like the stories I'm seeing evolve in front of me I as somebody who watches television every week in terms of reviewing it I'm not a massive fan <laughs> of a star of yesteryear turning as intentionally just turning up and winning because that means the characters that you've been building up investment with every single week they just get pushed to the side for something else come the season season ends they return so like well what, why am I watching it for the rest of the year for me it's a uh, storytelling problem WWE had real issues with last decade and it doesn't excite me to see it immediately still happening because like Drew McIntyre felt like them breaking that or well, I guess like Shinsuke, the year Shinsuke Nakamura and Asuka won since then it's felt like that duck has been broken 
However, um, like obviously they went from that into like rush winners into it being a really weird. Anyway, <laughs> the Brock Lesnar Goldberg era. <laughs> I'll just say it's that where your top championship seems to be always held by somebody yes a year, rinse and repeat every time. And that was kind of led into on this show with the Goldberg storyline. I guess only fed to win the Rumble. But it, the way that he did it, so the way that uh, Orton was painted throughout the match would have been my assumption of uh, like a bad way to have somebody win. And that was why I was like, oh, at the final stage, then Edge went and won. For me, that was a really nice swerve. They kind of got me with that one because I was fearing the entire match that Orton was going to win. <laughs> but that Edge did makes me a bit happier. However, that said, 100% would have preferred a modern day guy to win. Just in terms of giving a boost. And in terms of that, that's why this is a show which I both really happy with coming out of it. And also not in some aspects as well. I've just realised I'm going to have to walk up and turn. Because I'm on a laptop and my laptop's not plugged in. So that's bloody great. <laughs> well done me. Uh, but yeah, I... I get back into position. Back into position, him. Yeah, I... It's a weird show where I'm I'm ecstatic after the women's rumble to see where that's going. And the men's rumble, even though I'm not massively high on the winner, that doesn't mean I'm not excited for what's to come afterwards. As in the idea of Drew McIntyre Edge does excite me. The idea of Roman Reigns Edge does excite me. What worries me is Randy Orton winning the championship and you do Orton Edge again. This time with a few fans there. For me personally, don't rerun it. That's just my just my thought. <laughs> that's what I would do. Because even though it didn't happen in front of fans, and that's a disappointment, really, the story still happened, though. In terms of your product, just in terms of the television, so rerunning it again, I'm not going to get excited for that. Yeah, you've got your work... I say you're not... I say, I say that so affirmatively. What I mean is you've got your work cut out for you for, to make me care, given you gave me the story already. Like, in front of fans or not, when you watch TV product... We saw the story. We saw it happen. It happened. <laughs> As in, you can't go into it this year. The feud still happened last year. So it would still feel like within a calendar year that we're kind of repeating the story we saw last year. And that's going to be difficult to escape from if you do it the same match. But if it's Edge versus one of the current guys, that I'm up for. Obviously, Edge has to lose. Which for me makes me think Roman Reigns would be the best choice. Because you can use Edge to really lift up Roman Reigns. But that's just what I would do. Well, that's why it's in a weird mix. Like, the men's rumble, I really enjoyed. And I thought the ending was just a bit anticlimactic for me. Um, as in, when, it's when I realised who the final four were. And it's like, well, there's, no only, there's only one way this goes. <laughs> for me, it was the moment Daniel Bryan got eliminated. And, again, the reason Daniel Bryan's kind of purpose in the Royal Rumble repeats itself where he gets a nice little showing but he gets eliminated early enough so that you're then not booing the person to win because they're not Daniel Bryan <laughs> aka the Roman 2015 the Roman Reigns year it was mental to think they could do that at Daniel Bryan's height it's not the same level of support of Bryan as it was back then so it's not as mental um, but it was, it was still that feeling of as soon as he's out well it's like well there's only one this, this ends with Edge and Orton then there's no other possible way to do this and yeah, I will say, uh, I'm very strongly drifted into talking about the men's rumble because in terms of like the show overall, for me, it hinges on your two Royal Rumble matches. And I was just happy with the women's. So when, I'll talk about the women's when I get to it after I talk about the men's, which was the main event. It's just personally not massively hyped into the idea of Edge winning the Rumble in 2021. 
but that, I mean that as a character in the story in the world that again the world that we do we kind of convince me of that is important <laughs> that kind of thing uh, yeah I mean, in terms of a feel good story obviously there's that we'll go through the men's room but I've got all the entrance written down so it's got like my reactions to things as they were happening but number one was Edge and number two is Randy Orton even, well I say that they revealed on backstage, and they, WWE themselves even tweeted out, number one's Randy Orton, number two is Edge. Hence my surprise when Edge walks out first, and Randy Orton second. Even though it's still publicly put out that the Edge is number two. It's like, wait, so number two entered first. <laughs> what is this? Uh, yeah, so, the first two people out there, and I personally really liked Edge charging at the no longer sunburnt Randy Orton on the staging. As the Rumble kicked off with a pure brawl for me, like, no Rumble started like that, as far as I know. And a completely unique way to kick it off. And I was I was generally up for it. I was really, really excited for that. And uh, at number three was Sami Zayn, out there with his documentary crew, to, again, to document the conspiracy against him. Uh, I really like that gimmick. Uh, immediately chops down Edge as he and Orton worked down the man. Really, really, again, at this point, I'm like, oh, I'm really liking where this is going. Number four is Mustafa Ali. Uh, nice link of things as Cole lets us know about Ali going off on Legends, taking the current day folks' spots. And that's the exact reason he goes after Edge. Suddenly, Edge is up against it three on one. It's like, again, he started off with the big brawl. It was relatively even. Edge seems to be winning out. But then Sami Zayn comes in two on one. Mustafa Ali, Ali comes out three on one. This is building really nicely. Number five, it's got to be a babyface. <laughs> it's Jeff Hardy. Right when Edge looks done for, down go the heels. Or just Ali after a whisper in the wind as Zayn and Orton swing Jeff down. However, nothing capitalised upon as Orton and friends all turn on each other. RKAs for all. Spear from Edge to Randy and back to the ringside brawl the lads go. Uh, Edge taking Orton to the announce table. RKO blocked. Education onto the announce table. Uh, table no breaky. <laughs> As number six comes out. Right, one more sip of the cider. Ooh. He can't go, table no breaky. <laughs> and then not drink the alcohol next year. Yes, number six was Mr. Ziggles. Uh, never mind him. Edge was going wild, swinging a chair at Randy. Because storyline thing is playing out. And back in the ring, uh, Ziggler eliminated Jeff Hardy. I thought that was kind of like a nice thing, like Jeff Hardy, in terms of the purpose he was used for in the match, he served his purpose. He stopped Edge from getting eliminated when it seems like Blayton is going. So up you pop. You served your storyline purpose. He <laughs> no longer exists. <laughs> uh, out he goes. Like a, David Lynch just literally, just character just fades away. Why's he gone? Served his purpose, hasn't he? <laughs> well, well, why do we don't need him anymore? Um, anyway, Edge back in full of adrenaline, but he's outnumbered once more. Jeff Hardy was the guy, but nope, now he's again against the odds, uh, just hanging on to the ropes for the next entrant. Of course, different being no Randy Orton. And uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is number seven. He's got momentum from recent weeks. Will it secure the lad a nice rumble? Not particularly. Is it not an awful one? He wasn't like... He was definitely stronger than last year. So the efforts in recent weeks, like... In the last like three weeks, the efforts to get Shinsuke Nakamura a bit higher up the card feeling, like he and Cesaro as well, I've put them in a similar bracket, where they never felt like true contenders, but they definitely felt in better positions than they were this time last year. So, upwards, I guess. I mean, immediately after seeing this rumble, it's one of those things where I think, well, let's see if the continued, a kind of great little storytelling they've been getting continues after the rumble. 
we'll wait and see. Uh, but after this, though, Orton is assisted by referees across ringside as his knee is hurt by Edge. We uh, will get updates as the Rumble progresses, but Randy Orton is being treated as he's injured, he's out, but they keep going back to him. <laughs> it's a, I mean, like to be fair, it's one of those angles where I would, if you've ever watched a Rumble before or watched wrestling before, there's no, it, it wasn't done particularly well. Like, not once was I ever, in terms of them convincing me a thing is happening, not once was I convinced Orton wasn't coming back right at the end. As in, as soon as it happened, it's like, he's coming back at the end. <laughs> it's just, yeah, and um, somebody pointed out, uh, just like, yeah, there were, like, no medics came out. I was just doing the referee thing. It keeps cutting back to shots of him walking back. And then afterwards, later, you see shots of him in the medical. And like, oh, he's out. He's got to be out. This is it. He's definitely done for. It's like, oh. You completely failed to convince me he wasn't going to come out at the end. And then when he came out right at the end, I was just like, for God's sake, <laughs> he's not going to win, is he? Uh, but I liked the swerve that he didn't. Anyway, let's switch up. I got I'm, I'm only seven entrants in. <laughs> got to go quicker. Number eight is Carlito. I spit in the face of people who like to be cool. <laughs> or whatever accent he speaks with. Uh, the man's got some muscle on. Uh, Dench as hell is our Carlito. Uh, rips as heck. <laughs> Sending Zane over the top. But without any feet hitting the floor. All that to sight cancel has made it to one of these live streams. Congratulations on making it. As you can see, I'm the knackered one in this state. Uh, number nine is Xavier Woods. Woods immediately taking down Ali. Uh, nice little continuation of their storyline from more there. The heels outnumbering the faces. But the charge was there from Xavier. He had the charge. He went for it. It, it didn't go well after that. <laughs> but he went for Ali. Uh, number ten. And a third through the rumble. It's Big E. Uh, it's a new day. Yes, it is. Uh, the Intercontinental Champion fighting off Ali and Zayn as the new day work together. Uh, midnight hour to Zayn. And out he goes. The conspiracy continues. And I can't wait for that from on SmackDown. <laughs> like, as soon as he was thrown out, I was, uh, immediately. Well, to be fair, it wasn't even before that. When Big E and Xavier were both uh, like doing the moves on Sami Zayn and then hit their tag team finisher. It's just as soon as they were doing that, I'm like, I cannot wait for SmackDown. <laughs> and Sami Zayn is going to kick off about the conspiracy. I mean, as soon as he enters number three, you like conspiracy. He can go off on this. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, again, I would personally love to see more Sami Zayn in a match like this. But he, he kind of served his purpose perfectly. Didn't outstay his welcome either. and Went out at a perfect time so that he can then do more stuff with afterwards. Yeah, thought he did quite well. Number 11 was John Morrison. Uh, awesome duck of a Shinsuke kick into one of his own. Uh, arriving in style with John Morrison. Uh, after this, Woods planted Ali, uh, but to no avail on the elimination. Soon finding themselves fighting on the apron. Uh, but Biggie made the save fending off Ziggler, only for Ali to take out his friend anyway. Woods was out. Uh, Biggie angry, makes the man pay. Out goes Mustafa Ali. So... Uh, but I'll, I'll miss, uh, Steven Woods and Mustafa Ali after that. Again, both serving relatively fine. It's, it's, it's a rumble where they served their purpose as well throughout the most of the match. It wasn't, I don't think it technically was a back rumble. Uh, so I, yeah, calling it a like a flashback rumble. Yeah, I, that's not a bad shout actually. In the way that it played out. And I think the fact that most entrants served a purpose before leaving, you never felt cheated with an elimination. So even though, like, your favourite wouldn't win, it kind of felt like... Yeah, even though your favourite didn't win, type of type of example, it, everyone at least served a 
purpose and <laughs> fed to the match. So when they got eliminated, it wasn't it didn't feel like out of nowhere or anything. It's an odd one because <laughs> again, I'm not particularly excited about the winner, but uh, it's more like I'm happy for the performer than I am for the like character wise. I'm not that invested, but in terms of the actual match itself, I can't say anything was particularly wrong or bad <laughs> or anything. Again, I, living through the 2014 and 2015 Rumbles scars a man for life. <laughs> Opting those two uh, live at the time. It was so bad, BBC reported on it saying, oh my God, the fans have turned on the wrestling. <laughs> One of those stories. I can't believe it. They've turned on the wrestling. Uh, anyway, number 12 is Ricochet. Stop tangenting. It's a long show. <laughs> in the Rumble, in spite of him losing his qualifying match. So, eh, let's just say... He's in after a good showing. Yeah, why not? Uh, Mace, was it Mace on Twitter? No, it was T-Bar on Twitter. Which just say, oh, interesting to see that we had two people in that rumble in spite of the fact that we beat them. <laughs> it's like, yes, that's a point, but also T-Bar and Mace. No, like if you're in the rumble, you're in there as jobbers. So it's good you're not there because <laughs> you would, yeah, Steve will be dead after this. Uh, yeah. Anyway, jumping about all over the place was Ricochet. Till Morrison entered a back and forth with him. At number 13, Elias uh, plants Ricochet, spins Morrison, uh, gets dropped it, kicked by Carlito. Fantastic job it from Carlito. Who then paid for that with a knee and out goes to Cologne. It's like, ah, oh, Carlito, he looked good. He kind of reminded me about the MVP showing where he came out there, got a decent pop. Uh, of course, this time it's a bit artificial, but he, I guess he can judge it from Twitter a bit. Because that's kind of the main feed of it. Or with people watching on the Thunderdome. We had Carlito with, I thought, a fantastic showing. And his dropkick was awesome. He was in fantastic shape. Uh, twice the size he used to be. <laughs> I swear. Uh, yeah, and then out he went. Obviously, I don't know about the minor details, but guy looked great. As a, I can, as a fan, I can say he came across to me as a, in fantastic shape all around. It reminded me of MVP in the sense of a kind of performance that normally gets a little follow-up. Uh, however, WWE never been massively like high on the colognes in a way. His kind of pushes back in the day, it confused me a little bit of whether they were high on him or not. <laughs> in a way, but yeah, there's spots on the card for an MVP type of spot. Yeah, never gets that. Number fourteen is Damian Priest, uh, our first NXT man in the match. Uh, the reckoning to Elias, then going on to clobber Ricochet and Morrison. And out goes Elias via Damien Priest. Yeah. And this is when we got our video of Randy Orton getting attended to backstage as commentary tried to convince me he's not returning. And as I was saying earlier, they failed to convince me. I never once believed it. <laughs> Which in terms of, like, I guess I guess that's a storytelling failure. But also, it's still, it's still, it was a rumble match where everybody served their purpose. So again... It served its purpose. The story they told wasn't the story they told wasn't bad. They just never managed to convince me of the case. So they, it's it's weird measuring them by WWE's standards. I'd give this a plus. Measuring it by actual storytelling standards, no, you didn't convince me, so it's a fail. But by WWE standards, yes, it's fine. <laughs> it's all right. We can't moan too much. Number fifteen is the Miz, um, the Mister Money in the Bank's thirteenth Rumble appearance. In anger destroys Bad Bunny's DJ set after their backstage interaction ticked him off earlier. Ticked him off because it's PG. I can thank uh, the WWE announce team for, for that. <laughs> I know just say uh, way stronger things. Anyway, teamwork with Morrison in the, in the wing, in the ring. Digging down both Ricochet and Ziggler. 
Uh, but then out came Bad Bunny, upset at Mrs. Actions, so out he came. But with that distraction, Damien Priest eliminated them both. A strong showing for Priest getting eliminations. Uh, Bad Bunny then went for a follow-up uh, in the form of a dive from the top rope. Spotify's, <laughs> I think it was like number one played artist of 2020. Doing a dive <laughs> off the top, flying through the sky and down onto Miz and Morrison. Uh, kick him whilst they're down, don't you? Ah, oh, yes. Uh, number 16, it's Matt Riddle, uh, the bro and the priest with a bit of kicky-kicky. Uh, not really much else to say there. Uh, number 17, Daniel Bryan, charging in with running drop kicks in amped-up fashion. One of the favourites, and I just kind of felt it as soon as he ran in. Hard to not get behind those uh, when he's doing the charging uh, drop kicks. Uh, Ricochet with a really nice uh, backflip into a su- suplex, which then led us into our next sequence of Kane. <laughs> Out came Mayor Kane in in at number 18 for his 18th Rumble appearance, catching Dolph and out goes Ziggles. Uh, Ricochet too with a choke slam to the apron. Uh, team, team Hell No got a reunion as well as after all that, Danny Bryan finally rose back up. And yeah, it was a nice moment. Or not. <laughs> choke slam to Bryan, leading to Priest eyeing up the big man for a back and forth. And Priest eliminates him. <laughs> Uh, Kane gets bigged up by getting two eliminations. Then Priest eliminates him. So again, technically, if I analyse, it's like I look at it and go, oh, poor Ricochet, how far he's fallen. But in terms of the match itself, everyone served their purpose. It built up Kane, and then Kane gets eliminated by a Priest. Priest was like a big, bigger deal because of that. Like, yeah, everything served its purpose. It all fed in. In terms of the story they told me, I've, I've not got massive holes to poke in it. It built well. Uh, 19 is King Corbin. Corbin struggling to f- get anything off on fire as Nakamura took him to task. But eventually, all that smacker's build came crashing down as the bold lad clotheslined Japanese star out. Oh well, Shin. <laughs> you you won. You did well in the gauntlet. If you also didn't win on SmackDown, you got the you got the SmackDown gauntlet push. I don't know if it's going to continue. Be nice if it would. <laughs> really, I've liked what SmackDown's done recently. I'm behind SmackDown. 20 is Otis. As soon as I say I'm behind SmackDown, Otis. <laughs> a big boy charge running at people into the corners. But no Brett's Rope follow-up as Corbin just pushes him off it. <laughs> eliminates his second foe. Down goes Otis. And possibly Otis is your replacement for Keith Lee getting injured. Also, Keith Lee not being able to be there. Or guess the hurricane later on, maybe. It's a bit of a spoiler for later, Agent. Uh, 21, it's Dominic Mysterio. Uh, yeah, getting a nice showing. Right into a big boy spinebuster from Baron. <laughs> that looked brutal. But he eliminates Corbin. He, he gets his cover puts, wrapping the legs around the head and driving him over. Baby Mysterio arrives to the rumble. Thumbs up, thumbs up. At 22 is US champion Bobby Lee Lashes. Uh, out goes Mysterio. Uh, the big man launching the fellow out and uh, it's a Dominic Mysterio and out goes Damien Priest too Lashley arriving in style I like this seeing Lashley feel like a big beast especially after his last Rumble appearance felt a bit like a joke where he kind of like charged in and went out I think it was 2019 but on this occasion nah he felt like a big deal it was yeah <laughs> he felt like a big muscly lad <laughs> and he was yeah, a big foe to take down, so I really like that. And 23 was the Hurricane. Uh, stand back, there's... Oh dear, oh, oh no. Oh no. Uh, out goes Helms. <laughs> Lashes and Big E working together to quickly dispose of our hero. 
And uh, before the hurricane came out, we got a really nice stare down between uh, Bobbly Lashes and Big E. Uh, before they were then went into a back and forth, uh, both so strong, both so athletic. <laughs> US champion versus intercontinental champion in a nice little to and fro. I like that they got that. And then they eliminated the hurricane together before, you know, back to it. Uh, 24, Christian. <laughs> yeah, boy. I was, yeah, this was the, for me, this was the biggest feel-good uh, entrant of the night. It was a great seeing Christian, who very quickly worked with Big E and Matt Riddle to get Lashley out. Maybe Edge was there as well. The commentator said four, but I only saw three. But yeah, uh, Christian working with Big E and Riddle to get Lashley out. And then looking great as he takes down E with the kill switch. Uh, a feel-good moment followed between he and Edge, hugging it out in the middle of the ring in 2021 before Riddle tried to get in on the action. That didn't go well. <laughs> nice opportunity for some Edge and Christian teamwork. <laughs> so we go to the next entrant, which is number 25, AJ Styles with Omos. Looking relatively strong early on till quickly getting speared by Edge, which I feel like that cemented AJ's kind of status in this rumble. Where he looked good for a tad, but he never felt like a genuine competitor to win. So him getting eliminated felt at the same level as it did pretty much in his entering minute. It's like, oh yeah, he'll do some nice stuff and then get eliminated. Which is exactly what happened. <laughs> but yes, 2020 repeats as Edge quickly spears AJ. Oh well, AJ, nice try. At 26, Rey Mysterio coming down. A really nice quick flash with AJ. AJ Styles, Rey Mysterio. Why haven't we seen that more? <laughs> uh, but yes, who he rocked on the apron only for almost to save his man. And uh, Big E was then subsequently dragged out by Omos, who then launched him over the announce table. <laughs> I'm just like going, boo! <laughs> no, Big E. Uh, first time we've really seen Omos get physical in the match as well. Normally, if he gets physical, it's in a very. like It's, it's in a way where he is not co he's not launching the attack. It's like they've landed on him. He's caught them or something like that. He's never fully dragged someone out and launched them. So that's like a, an evolving moment. As in, they always had to step that barrier at some point. We start to get more physical because then you've got your reasons to then get him in the ring. But uh, as it... Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the era where AJ Styles' bodyguard actually felt like a bodyguard, aka solving a situation with as little violence as possible. So yeah, I liked how Omos was doing that. Now it feels like they're stepping it up a bit. Uh, but yeah, baby steps. Uh, 27, it's Seamus. Irish fire burning strong. Uh, AJ back and forth with Ray again. Omos blocks the 619. Then after Ray fights AJ back, the big lad launches a second wrestler off the apron. Ray crashing into the barricade and onto the floor. As he starts to ask the question, how are you going to eliminate AJ? Turns out the answer, pretty simple. <laughs> uh, 28 was Cesaro. The bar with a reunion, Sheamus and Cesaro one after the other, uh, right into a mighty swing instead. And a near elimination from Shamu, who just put his arm on the apron to stop himself toppling over. And then a swing for Brian as well, round and round and round they go until the next entrant, which was the returning Seth Rollins, Daddy's Home. <laughs> Cesaro nearly immediately launched the Messiah out, but hung on he did, uh, and into Fury he fired. Which then led to number 30. And this is where things get interesting for this match for me. Because number 30 was Braun Strowman. 
Uh, big Baldy Braun barges Bro down, uh, launching AJ over the top, but he's caught by Omos. Great catch, that one. as more height and spin to that one. Uh, but out goes Cesaro, lifting Big Braun up before he, before Big Braun slid out and just chucked the Swiss man out. Sheamus soon followed. Uh, then Braun launches AJ Styles too. Uh, Braun seeing Omos and then just chucking AJ out over a different side. <laughs> Poor AJ, <laughs> used in that way. So, ah, but yeah, it is because it, I recently watched the 2018 Rumble, where there's a very similar spot with Andrade chucking out Kofi Kingston where Kofi Kingston had been saved by the rest of the New Day, then launched back into the ring uh, and eliminated Jinder Mahal. <laughs> that whole sequence is fantastic. But then Andrade goes to throw out Kofi and sees the New Day there, just chucks him out the other side. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, it's smart. I like that. Same thing here. It's just, oh, it's a shame it's AJ Styles. <laughs> For me, he's like a main event guy. And he, I mean, to be fair, going into the Rumble, he wasn't at that level. He doesn't feel like a top main event guy who could win the Rumble. So him going out here is perfectly fine. Yeah. Also, as we then reach our final climactic moments, we get a piped in, this is awesome chant. Never sits well with me because it never feels like it's at the right point. And to be fair, it's so difficult to determine that. Now, even fans don't do it at the right point, but when fans are doing it, at least fans are doing it. When you're deciding when to do it, oh, it's a, it's a bit of an odd chant to put in, really. <laughs> but yes, in the, the chants were piped in as all the lads were down till Riddle and Brian rose for a series of chops. The remaining lads going into a nice run, Brian running the shop and going into, again, to repeat myself, a really nice back and forth with Riddle. Uh, yeah, the groundwork really getting shown off. Great stuff. Till Rollins slides in. He was hiding on the outside. He hits him down and into a curb stomp and launches Daniel Bryan over the top rope. <laughs> Daniel Bryan is out. Uh, again, dreams are crushed. Like, you'll never win a Rumble, Daniel. <laughs> you'll never win. Uh, it's not because, again, the reaction to the news that Daniel Bryan was a favourite was, of all the Rumbles, the one without fans. <laughs> but also, it's like, oh, but it is, you know, it is a bit late. He's, yeah, it's way after he should have won. Like, 14-15, one of those years. Uh, but went with neither because had all the plans already set. <laughs> it's like if it, I guess it's, if you weren't watching wrestling in 2014-15, because it was five, six years ago now. I guess the equivalent is, in 2019, when they went with Becky Lynch winning, they instead went with Charlotte. And Becky Lynch just isn't in the match. I guess if Becky Lynch gets forced to the match in WrestleMania... But in the Royal Rumble, Becky Lynch never takes down Lana. She never is the replacement. Charlotte just wins. It's like if they went with that in the Rumble. They would have been booing like, well, no, we want Becky. And that's exactly what happened in 2014 and 15. They wanted Daniel Bryan, didn't give it them. Now, it's six years later. It's, it's not the same. <laughs> him getting chucked out now is not the same as it getting chucked out. Uh, him being, being eliminated halfway through the Rumble in 2015. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Uh, but again, in terms of the match itself, I felt like Daniel Bryan served a nice purpose, especially in this final stage here, having a really nice back and forth with the people left in the ring. When he got eliminated, I didn't feel short-changed. Part of it in 2015 is it didn't feel like he was in the match for that long, and then he was just gone. Here, I felt like I got to see a fair bit of Daniel Bryan before he goes out. It felt like he had reached the final stage of the match, then is eliminated, <laughs> taken advantage by Seth Rollins with the curbs up on the apron. Uh, Riddle was then trying his best against Rollins, also found himself on the apron with him. 
doing well until Braun clocked him with a right and Seth following up with a curb stomp to riddle elimination. Uh, down goes the bro. Uh, Seth then trying to get Braun on his side as we have our final four in the ring excluding Orton who I'm assuming no one had forgotten about <laughs> as they're hammering home. This is the final four. No, it isn't. It, no, it is. Like, <laughs> it's weird. Yes, Seth trying to get Braun on his side to take on Edge and Christian, who instead just launches <laughs> Seth Rollins to the air. I love that. It's weird. When I saw the final four, I was like, hmm, I'm not particularly enamoured with Edge and Christian being two of the final four in 2021, even though I'm... I don't mind the sentiment and I don't mind the image of it. It's weird. <laughs> it's a rumble and I'm really split on. But I can tell you I was not excited by the ending. But I can also tell you it's not a bad rumble. It's an odd feeling, really. <laughs> it's, I think it's a, it's, I would say it's not a bad rumble, but it's not an ending I particularly was invested in the characters for. Therefore, I don't really care. Uh, and I felt like it was a bit too set as soon as Danny Bryan got eliminated. Like, it being... Christian and them doing that was for me not the best but they went with it quickly they didn't work they didn't play out too long where again I love Warren Strowman just launching Seth in the air so immediately never on the same page that for me changed it instantly <laughs> so immediately you got two on one you're not doing two on two type of stuff uh, Edge and Christian then take on Braun uh, they look to be somewhat losing but eventually against the ropes he topples up and out and with the help of Seth Rollins down goes Braun Strowman but Seth Rollins is there out goes Christian too. He makes sure two people are eliminated. It then leads us with Edge and Rollins. Uh, Edge launches Seth onto the top rope and out he topples. Uh, I, I loved his elimination where it was less Edge definitely got the better of him and more Seth Rollins failed to grab, grab the bottom rope. Into, and it's a, just like, it's a little details elimination now. <laughs> I really like those. They can see them grabbing for it and that's when they fall over. Like it was a failure on his part. That, oh, I like those eliminations. But... Again, immediately, the camera is in close. It's like, okay, here's Orton. Immediately for the swerve, we all saw coming. <laughs> RKO, Orton quickly picking Edge back up, but he's reversed and he's the one that goes flying out. Edge wins the Rumble from number one till the very end of the feel-good story of the night. Edge returns at last year's Royal Rumble with a career-ending neck injury, which could have left him paralysed and now at a point where he wrestles from number one all to the end. Yes, he spent a lot of time hugging the ropes. <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone who's won the Royal Rumble from these early positions hasn't spent a lengthy amount of time doing that. Uh, but yeah, Edge won the Rumble from number one. And I can look forward to whatever he does next, really. As long as it's not Orton Edge. So that, that that's the only caveat. I think part of it is, in terms of the feeling of the show, you, you kicked off the show with a story about the previous generation holding the current generation back. The current generation wins. Cool. Nice. But then your main event were meant to feel good about a kind of first name from the past winning your main event in the, of the now. It's a weird one. For me, that's a bit of a clash within the one show where you're telling me two different stories that they don't, they don't really fit together because the messages don't gel <laughs> as in what well, am I cheering is am I cheering for people of the past or not in a way yeah I mean it's a bit more obvious with Bill but with Edge if Edge you've got the Tide feel good story uh, it's just like the two stories on one show I felt like would create a bit of a clash uh, that said as I always already said at the start of the show if 
Edge goes and loses to Roman Reigns. I feel like that might be the best road to go. If we're given Edge versus Randy Orton, as I as I said, even though their storyline didn't happen in front of fans, it still happened. I still watched it. I've still seen it played out. Therefore, in terms of, are you going to get me interested in seeing them again at WrestleMania? No, you're not. But that doesn't mean that somebody won't be. It's a because I reckon they'll they'll tell it well. That's the thing that I learned from them last year is they've got more than enough ability to tell this story really really well. It's just that I I've already seen you've, I've seen it. Yes, it sucks it wasn't in front of fans, but on your TV you still told the story with <laughs> those characters. You know, what happened in those matches still kind of led into this. So yeah, uh, I will say I'm just happy there was no spooky spook in either Rumble. I felt like that was a perfectly like the perfect decision to do that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's get into the women's rumble. For me, the two rumbles are the most important thing to talk about on these shows. And then we'll get into the three singles matches they were. And then I'll be going to bed. But first, cider. Ooh. Oh, I love <laughs> that. Yes, it is 10 to 5 in the morning. But it's cold enough that I started drinking this uh, about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> I want to say, because I'm writing notes. I don't always have the opportunity to do it. Yeah, still chilled, still cold. Ah, the amazingness of living in a cold country. Anyway, the fourth annual Women's Royal Rumble match. So I am very high on this match. The men's one I felt a bit split. Where I felt like, technically, nothing didn't serve a... No person didn't serve a purpose. That's way too many negatives in a match. <laughs> but yeah, nothing, nothing on it felt like it was just like a throwaway. It all built or led to something or had a tie or had a re you had a reason for being there to then do something for this other person. Like it all tied in in a way. It was just I'm personally not super invested in I am somebody who likes to see the current generation kind of get their opportunities and succeed. I'm very much in that kind of way. And you jumping back to an old name for me says that for your big show uh, that's more of a failure on your part that you've had to call back on a previous character to try and get me invested because your current story isn't good enough. For me, that's that's what I see when I see that. That said, the Edge story is more unique than other ones. It just so happens that we had that stretch of uh, Evolution members winning and, again, that, that weird stretch of Goldberg or Brock Lesnar holding the championship going into WrestleMania. So uh, I've, we, we're overly full on that like legend versus current guy story. And I felt like Goldberg Jim McIntyre was the perfect epitome of that. Like as a fan base, we're full. We've had we've had our feeling of it. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready for the current generation to have their own match against each other. And I think that's what's been missing from WrestleMania's for a while now. When was the last time we had two current generation people wrestling each other in the main event of a WrestleMania? And I, f I can't remember. <laughs> it's been that long. I want to say... Fuck, no, we had The Rock and John Cena. When was it? I can, I can bloody find this. Technically, uh, I feel a bit harsh with Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. I want to say that was technically the, the last one, but that was, that was somebody retiring and you got a legend in The Undertaker who was still fully wrestling at that point. So I think I'll go with that. Unless I've completely forgotten about a main event. Oh, the Miss John Cena. There we go. Got it. <laughs> WrestleMania 2011 was the last time <laughs> we got a, a full-time, a full-time like main event, a full-time kind of two current guys. 
I guess closer would be uh, Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns 2015. Uh, but still, the fact that I'm having to search like that for, for like again, that's why we're overly full. It's not a short term thing. It's like an issue that's crept up this past decade, and that's why like one of my big things for them to fix is you build up your story on your TV show, then you kind of pick. You pick for it for the main event of WrestleMania instead of just bringing another name back in. And even though Edge is a feel good story, it's still the same thing. And that's what that's why I kind of I've struggled to get behind him winning the Rumble instead of a character on the show. I can still feel really good for Adam Copeland. I can see yeah, that's an amazing thing that he's come back. I just applaud that, and it's a fantastic feel good moment. But again, in terms of the character, uh, we I'm overly full on that specific story. And it's just like, oh, we're getting it again. Uh, like, I am done with the, like, legend or big name from WWE past coming back to then wrestle the guy of the current day. I mean, to be fair, the biggest issue was you knew Brock Lesnar was going to win the championship back, so it felt like whatever happened at WrestleMania didn't matter. I d- obviously, with Edge, you don't know, but I don't get the same feeling that's, that would, that's what would happen. I would, yeah... Personally, what I do, whichever champion he goes against, he loses but gives us a great story. And most importantly, that champion isn't Randy Orton. <laughs> be it Roman Reigns, be it Drew McIntyre, whoever he faces, he doesn't win against. Uh, just, yeah, that's what I would do. Anyway, women's. Point being, women's Royal Rumble, I felt like, was the opposite. Where sometimes during it, I didn't feel like everything linked together perfectly. However, by the end of it, I was really happy with the entire match. That's what I mean by the opposite of the men's, where as I was watching the match, I was like, I've got no idea who's going to win. This is great. As long as it's not Orton, this is great. <laughs> I was watching it build and build and build, and by the end, I was like, oh, I feel a bit anticlimactic with that ending, even though it's technically really feel good. However, with the women's one, uh, it was a bit, I wasn't super invested throughout the entire match. However, by the end of it, really happy. Uh, that's, that's what I mean by the opposite. <laughs> anyway, I will go through in order. But, yeah, on the surface of it, really happy that Bianca Belair was the winner. But I need to really get on with this. It takes so long to go through each rumble. So, number one was Bailey. Immediate pop for me, knowing we're getting lots of Bailey, And she's been fantastic this year. Her getting that spot uh, is uh, it's just, yeah. For me, that's great. That kind of, it's like a like a applause for, or an acknowledgement for the great work she's doing. That like you're being trusted at number one to hold this. Yeah. Number two, it's Naomi. Naomi returning. Like, how long's it been? <laughs> like, Naomi getting a wee show off as she makes her return. Nice. <laughs> I, was, I was happy that. Like, last year, she absolutely exploded outside of wrestling and getting loads of mainstream attention, and WWE did absolutely nothing with it. Then COVID happened. Uh, it was, like, never capitalised upon, and she just disappeared. Now she's back. Yes, it was great. At number three, Bianca Belair. Yeah, Bailey's foe of recent weeks gets stuck right in on the former women's champion, showing off the athleticism with the handspring moonsault before the power almost eliminates Naomi. But yes, the perfect the perfect way to showcase Bianca Belair. I think she had entered in a similar spot last year, uh, but this this year it felt strong. Number four, Billy Kay. <laughs> so Billy Kay is an interesting one where I've seen quite a few American people say that they find her voice irritating and a bit uh, grating. But as an Englishman, I just think she's hilarious. <laughs> I think she's, her comedic timing is amazing. And of the Iconics, I never found their voices irritating. I've always found them funny. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know if that's just, like, the way... Because different, uh, different countries uh, find different noises irritating, just because, of course, the tone that we're used to hearing so often. Yeah, but 
yeah, I, I thought you always found them hilarious. And Billy Case just upped it since doing the resume stuff. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Anyway, off to commentary she goes. As the three in the ring have a really nice sequence leading to Belair only just hanging on. Uh, the woman using her strength to her advantage to uh, scare me into her falling out. <laughs> She's just dangling and flailing, but uh, obviously so much trust in her own strength to do that. Billy would then spend the night trying to get each entrant to accept or at least take her resume. <laughs> in a nice little running gag bit. Uh, somebody eventually did. Uh, number five was Shotzi Blackheart, our first NXT lass. She was not the first person <laughs> to accept Billy's resume. The green-haired warrior scaring the crap out of Billy with her tank rocket. And that that, that sentence is, is all literal. <laughs> it all happened. Uh, before making her way in. Sent on balling into a B anchor. At number six, Shayna Baszler. It's like, ah, here we go. The serious look on the new women's tag champion. And just a, just a little serious minute before. Number seven, Tony Storm. And not even being a fellow Aussie, let Billy make a friend. Uh, sad face. <laughs> Tony making her way in for a run of corner hip attacks before getting her own bum in the face <laughs> via Naomi's rear view. Uh, and Baszler eliminates Shotzi, flipping her overhead as Baszler is put over as a bit strong, which comes into the match later. At number eight, Gillian. Oh, oh wait, oh no, oh no, she's singing. <laughs> Where... Immediately I popped like, oh, it's Gillian. Then she starts singing. Oh, wait, no. Oh, it's Gillian. <laughs> she started singing. Uh, the offer for Billy and Jilly is accepted. <laughs> finally a friend for Billy as <laughs> they finally enter the match. Uh, number nine is Ruby Riot. Oh, man, right after Billy made a friend. <laughs> Ruby charging in and <clears throat> running Riot. <laughs> number ten is Victoria. Uh, the Black Widow makes her return. 8K camera and all. Uh, finally come the fourth women's rumble. It's so awesome to see. She was like one of the first names uh, mentioned by fans. So she's been a name wanted for quite some time. As in like really up there as well. So the fact they took four rumbles to get her here. It, that's the only shame. It's fantastic to see her. It's obviously it's uh, interesting that the fans put her such a, a name so high up the list that they wanted to see. Yeah so that was great getting to see her. Number 11 is Peyton Royce, Billy Kay's former bestie. Another Aussie enters the fray, uh, taking Bailey down with her own version of the Widow's Peak before Victoria shows her how it's done. <laughs> yes, nice. Uh, number 12 is Santana Garrett. That, like, oh wow, like someone who's not even made their mark in NXT yet, but the Rumble can make stars or names or you're there for a powerhouse to eliminate you. It's one of them. <laughs> it's one of the things. Which will Santana Garrett be? Number 13, it's Liv Morgan. Liv, ahem, runs riot <laughs> before Billy and Jilly explode. Oh, no, not Billy and Jilly exploding. At number 14, it's Rhea Ripley. And to see her in the match, is like, yes, she's in the match. Give her a really strong showing. The... First full-time entrant to receive an 8K entrance because one before this was Victoria. And I was just like, hmm, if that says anything, just like, Ray Ripley got an 8K entrance, if that means anything. <laughs> uh, immediately eliminating her longtime rival, Tony Storm, as well. Nice to see that transfer and get a nod on the main roster. Even if it means Tony Storm didn't get a massive run in the match, it leads to Ray Ripley getting one. <laughs> uh, Bailey eliminates Victoria, Boo, but also, yay, because it was Bailey that did it, passing of the torch moment. Yeah, Ripley eliminates Santana Garrett. Ah, yes, it was the 
get eliminated to make someone look like a hoss. That's <laughs> what Fuzz Antenna. Uh, number 15, halfway through the Rumble, it's Charlotte Flair at the halfway point, and it's last year's winner who is arriving. And Ruby Riot got eliminated. Her and Peyton in an apron tiff, but clever Bailey arrived to powerbomb her off. Smart Bailey. Smart Bailey. She didn't do the finger point thing with her head, but it was a perfect time to do it. And number 16, Dana Brooke. Making me think these 8K entrances aren't as symbolic as I thought. <laughs> Dana Brooke's the next person to get one. Uh, Dana taking loads of folk down with a top rope dive to all. Uh, Liv Morgan eliminated by Peyton after a Bailey fight. So, no right running anymore. Uh, number 17, Tommy Wilson. Uh, once again in the Rumble, uh, her appearance, no, her second appearance after the debut Women's Rumble. Uh, so good to see her back. And uh, number eight, nothing really remarkable is happening at this point. Lots of corner stomping that happens a lot of the times in Rumbles. At uh, number 18, woo! My voice is way too, way too gone trying to do like that. Uh, Ric Flair? The conversation is really confused. Is Ric Flair in the match? It's like, no. It's going to be... Of course it's Lacey. <laughs> Out comes Lacey, finally. Uh, Lacey Evans struts her way down in the Flair garb. And uh, just rubbing it into Charlotte as complex go. How far is she going to go with this? Just getting into Charlotte's mind. Uh, Charlotte has none of it. And clobbers the lass, laying in the elbows all over ringside and all. Uh, so, yeah, properly angry. Uh, Peyton Voice then gets eliminated by an angered Charlotte. Uh, Tori Wilson eliminated by Baszler. Again, there's... I felt like Baszler in the background was gotten over as a force. That led into the ending for me pretty well. Uh, 19, Mickey James. Uh, nice to see the woman back. But whilst... This was happening. Bailey was eliminated by Bianca, missed by production. It was like Bailey was like one of your biggest stars in this match, and her late elimination got missed. Like, oh my word! <laughs> like, I assume I assumed that she'd run all the way to the end, and then get eliminated because compared to everyone else, there's no way she was going to have the energy level to succeed. Uh, that that kind of run. Uh, then I went and I was like, hmm, did I miss her elimination to the replay? No, they missed it. Like, oh, that's, that sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. I mean, if one of, it looked fine if production had caught it, but the production just missed it, so it felt lesser key, even though like the actual spot they did was fine. At number 20, Nikki Cross. Uh, hardly featured at all uh, since the split from Alexa, but nice to see her getting some time to shine. Uh, as King put it, charging around like a firecracker. Uh, as the last ran at every corner there was before Tornado DDTing Big Aussie Ripley. At 21, it's Alicia Fox. It's the legend. <laughs> Alicia Fox. When R-Truth's music played. <laughs> so as in, Alicia Fox got into the ring, did some stuff. But then R-Truth's music played. And Foxy's just letting him know. Like, no, it's the wrong rumble. Rumble, this is the women's rumble. It's like, oh, he got it relatively quickly. But the 24-7 title folk were already there. And uh, after offending off. Alicia rolled up our truth to become the new champion. And I was like, oh, there, there we go. Ah, Alicia Fox is the new 24-7 champion. At 22 is Mandy Rose. A stiff knee to Alicia and out she goes. Our truth taking no time to get back to 24-7 title before pelting it from the herd with Foxy in tow as well. Chasing right after him. And there's the 24-7 stuff for this match. At 23, Dakota Kai... A, another NXT lass, a nice sequence between her and Ripley, who's continued to have a nice showing and get involved a fair tad throughout the entire match. Uh, Mickey James eliminated via Lacey Evans as woman's right. 
Bianca sweeps the leg, but doesn't eliminate Naomi. <laughs> Just to run through everything that I remember happening in this period. Uh, 24 is Carmella. She lost a title match, and the, the women's division isn't that deep, so come out, yeah, if you lose before the Rumble, you're in the Rumble. Uh, Reginald holding the mirror for her to check herself on the way in when we cover her match. You'll <laughs> get why. And uh, Ripley eliminates Dakota Kai in power. <laughs> there was some really good power spots too. Uh, Mandy Rose by Rhea too. And that's five eliminations for Rhea. Strong showing. Uh, Reginald saves Carmella right off the bat. Which I felt like was a similar story with AJ as well. Well, I thought that they stay in the match and then later on you try to eliminate him and gets catched. Like, no, like right off the bat they got set. No, pretty much. Uh, yes, so right at the bar. Uh, Nikki Cross eliminated by a Carmella kick shortly after that. And then Reginald saves Carmella again. Uh, number 25 is Tamina. Super kick to Reginald and Carmella lands on her feet, so out she goes. And she blames Reginald. Like, what are you doing, Reggie? Like, you, like we had a plan <laughs> and you failed. Uh, so, yeah. And after that, though, we got a good Tamina and Ripley in your big hoss clash of the night. Uh, personally, even though it's Tamina, she served that well. Like, it, it felt like it was a pattern between both Rumbles where most entrants served a purpose or in terms of the flow of the match or the story of the match and Tamina as setting up Ripley as a big hoss as well. I felt like that was done really well. Uh, Bianca and Naomi were continuing to have their back and forth. Uh, Naomi kind of fell out the ring, but didn't put her feet on the floor, uh, which was just on her back. Uh, Lacey tried to eliminate Bianca, but the last caught her feet on the ropes for Naomi then used Bianca's hair to pull herself back to the ropes, with them both just like staying there right at the feet on the bottom rope before they worked together to launch themselves back in. Like that. Number 26, Lana makes her return. Uh, dressed in gold and all angry-faced, immediately went for the bigger lasses in the ring. Uh, not sure that's wise. <laughs> uh, number 27, Alexa. Also, I don't know if this meant to be like a big return, but it didn't feel massive, like Lana returning. Like, I don't I don't know if it was the, I don't know if it was the flow of the match or whatever it was, like the position she came out in, or if it was meant to be that. So yeah, uh, 27, Alexa Bliss. Uh, demented Bliss. And <laughs> immediately I'm like, okay, here we go. Time for Spooky Spook. And she gets a little bit of offense in. And then the lights start to flicker. It's like, right, here we go. Things might get weird from here. Will I like this rumble from this point? Oh, Ripley! <laughs> Ripley cuts her off before Alexa Bliss could transform and, or do anything and throws her out. And we see no more Bliss. No more Fiend actions or anything. Ripley doesn't pay any price for that. And for me, that was the biggest pop of the night. Because personally, I felt there was a real worry... <laughs> that they could go full spooky spook and, for me, just destroy the ending of this match. But they they stepped away. They didn't do that. They were wise with it. They were wise. Uh, number 28, Ember Moon, uh, back with a main roster showing after dropping down to NXT, after the main roster pretty much had nothing for her. Uh, doing relatively well on NXT, starting to feel like a bigger deal again. And yet hits a few eclipses before serving her purpose. <laughs> Uh, number 29 is Nia Jax, a smirk on her face as she enters the ring to run a riot <laughs> with Shayna Baszler. Uh, Lacey Evans out via a Baszler knee to the face. A uh, Moon doesn't last long, so out she goes too. And Naomi chucked out by the duo. Uh, Tamina then is the next person, pays the price for wrongly assuming the bond between her and Jax. The women's tag champs eliminating the woman before turning on each other. With really soft punches. <laughs> it was really weird. 
like I was like, oh, like, come on, like, this might be like a big spot of sorts. Uh, Baszler then gets thrown out by Jax. Lana take, and then Lana steps up to Nia to get the repetition of that. Takes the opportunity to get after her foe and into a wee chase, and, and Nia Jax eliminates herself by charging at the former Russian. <laughs> it's kayfabe. <laughs> it's fine. Out goes Jax, and fight. this is when number 30 enters. Lana getting her revenge on Nia for all that pain. Number 30 is Natalia, as was established on WWE Backstage. Uh, also clad in gold, uh, Lana and Natty gold friends. That's <laughs> why I mean that you're both wearing gold. Uh, taken down by the women's champion, so women's tag team champions, Bezer and Jax use this to roll back into the ring and angrily take down everyone. Uh, back on their feet, Natalia tur- turns on Lana and out she goes. Like, oh, so you build up, you do that, and then just, yeah, out goes Lana. <laughs> Didn't, that's, for me, that was the only jarring elimination, I think, of the entire show, really. Uh, down to our final four of Natty, Belair, Ripley, and Charlotte. And again, for me, the men's one, when they're hyping up the final four, the reason it didn't hit is because 100... It's never, it was never in doubt that Orton was returning. Like, I was never convinced that he wasn't. So it's final four, I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> this, this is the final four. And for me, that really, really helps. Uh, Ripley knocked on the apron by Natalia, but Belair launches the Canadian out. And we have our final three and a really nice little standoff. The two younger stars teaming together to take last year's winner down. But after Flair fought back, we entered a nice little triple threat. Ripley nearly eliminated Flair. Handspring from Belair didn't work, but the two charging together did. Flair is out and Ray Ripley and Bianca Belair are our final two as they realise sat on the apron and it's like really slowly rolling in. Uh, and it's like, well, it's, don't do anything silly. Just both really rolled in and then charge at each other again. Uh, both women going out to the apron before sliding back in. Uh, and yes, this was a really nice ending sequence, like leading into such an awesome final two for the Rumble. Both women going for their finishers, countering each other to no avail, charging at each other in hopes of Lariat. But after a run of misses, Bianca sends Ripley crashing out. Uh, Bianca Belair pulls the Ric Flair and wins from number three, uh, winning with a tear in the eye. Uh, after 56 minutes, Belair does it after an amazing performance. And, yeah. Star-making performance with Bianca Belair. Yeah, all the way from number three. You got to see her uh, in action showing all of the words that she's been talking, I guess, and in terms of the obstacle courses with Bailey, He really got to see it in action. It's like, yeah, it's like, by the time we hit WrestleMania, surely there's no way she's not going to feel like a big deal. Uh, a post-match interview with Bianca, like talking about her family, before she then climbs the corner to point at the sign in the pyro. Uh, a really, really strong win for me, uh, this one. And again, for me, a rumble sets, gets you excited for the future type of thing. And uh, this match did that. Awesome to see Bianca Belair get that. And like really as well, for me, I'm, I'm interested in Edge depending on who he faces. But it's the still, it's for me, it's still, it's the same pattern. I just would like to see two guys from his current era main event WrestleMania. Well, I, I guess I was talking, I was struggling to come up with one. I guess uh, Becky Lynch, uh, Be- yeah, yeah, that's the one. Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey. That's the one I'd probably call. But in terms of the men's, when was the last time? Like, Brock Lesnar's, Brock Lesnar's either held it or Goldberg's held it. And it's just been, it's not been a great one. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. 
Uh, yeah. Anyway, I've got three more matches to cover. They were the two Royal Rumbles. Women's one, I'm really high on, even if the bulk of the match didn't do didn't do for me as well as the bulk of the men's match did. But for me, the women's ending landed a hell of a lot better than the men's ending landed. I think it's just because a lot of it hinges on them convincing you Randy Orton wasn't coming back. So it's a big shot when he does. And then it's a great swerve when Edge eliminates him. But because I never once believed that, <laughs> the ending falls flat. Because you know he's arriving. Then when he arrives, there's no shock at all. It's like, well, here we go. And then for me, the only shock was... Not, I wouldn't even call it a shock. It was a nice surprise that it wasn't Mandy. But then I look at it and go, oh, but it's still big name from wrestling past coming to face modern day person. It's the same pattern we've seen, we've seen year on year on year. I just want to see two guys the current generation main event WrestleMania. It's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> it, just feels like, it just feels like it's not going to happen at this point. Mm. Mm. More cold cider. Yes. Anyway, we have got three more matches to cover. So I might as well jump right into it. And because it is ten past five <laughs> in the morning. It needs to go to sleep at some point. Uh, so we kicked off the show with the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg. And uh, yeah, immediately my Twitter feed caught on to the exact thing I did. Oh, Billy Berg in shorts. <laughs> it's like, oh, why, why, why are you wearing shorts, Bill? Bill. But you're wearing shorts. So it's like, no, I'm out here to have a big serious match against Drew McIntyre. Like, oh, oh, I'm going to beat up Drew McIntyre. But you're wearing shorts, Bill. <laughs> Bill, doesn't matter. Ignore the shorts. It's not the point. But you're wearing shorts. <laughs> I like that. Doesn't matter the entire Twitter. Why are you wearing shorts, Bill? It doesn't matter, does it? I'm, oh, I'm going to beat Will Goldberg for the title. Why the shorts, though? <laughs> yeah, anyway. I enjoyed that. Anyway, I loved the pissed off face on Drew as well. Like not once shifting till his immediate headbutt to the older lad. He just had a pout on him the entire time. And for me, that was a really good convincer that he might be losing. It's just that he looked grumpy at the presence of the man. It's like, oh, has he politicked his way to another win and Drew's just pissed that it's happened? No, he's just good. <laughs> it's Andrew McIntyre. Uh, not even wait for the bell before the big moves began. Oldie Goldie spearing the champion through the barricade, 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 as I begin to worry. He's like, oh, he's, now Drew's going to fight back in a bit of a hurt chest. Is that going to be the workaround for, to try and convince us Goldberg winning is a bit believable? No, it's more good swerve. A, a nice reaction from Drew to initially knock Bill back with a Claymore. But right after he was taking spear after spear and finally into the jackhammer and kick out. Another spear, but Drew dodges and charges up the Claymore. One, two, three, and danger is avoided. People are, uh, oh, my Twitter feed was just full of people just going, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> it just, uh, yeah. Drew McIntyre retains against Goldberg. Uh, after the match, we got a nice show of respect. And, uh, yeah, afterwards, we're getting the old vet giving the champion his due. Uh, the match was, was a finisher sprint, as per Goldberg usual. Like, no letting the action, all at full pelt, and they try to convince you that Goldberg's got the, like, the champion's damaged kind of stuff, uh, as you do get in these matches. So, like, hey, like I've loved those matches from him in the past, but personally, I've had my fill of them. Like, I'm done with them now. Like, for good, good for what it was, but what it was was the same thing we've been seeing over and over, so I don't need any more. I felt like WrestleMania was, like, the, a good final note. And to hit it again here. 
It's like, uh, I'm going to struggle to get that excited. Really? It's, it's technically an exciting formula to a match, which works better and better the less of it you've seen. It's just that when was the Royal Rumble in Florida? If I can figure it out, that would have been 2017. And we've seen so much of it <laughs> since that year. So like, yeah, I'm good for a break now. But, yeah. Uh, speeding on, I feel like I'm going to blast through these final ones. Maybe Reigns always might take me a little bit longer. But again, it's ten past five. It's so cold I can feel my nose filling up and my eyes watering. <laughs> so him's ready for bed. Let's get through. Uh, Smackdown Women's Championship, Sasha Banks versus Carmella with Reginald. Uh, these two had a banger back at TLC last month. And here tonight I thought it was a, another solid showing. Uh, Sasha tried to immediately cash in on the finisher sprints. With her own, going straight into the bank statement, but no, 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 no. no. This match is going to build. Uh, Carmella getting the upper hand for the vast majority of the first half. The match swinging after Reginald got ejected for no reason, damn it. <laughs> the man caught Sasha, who then spun him into a head scissors. And uh, Carmella's like, oh, maybe Reginald just saved so Sasha there. But after the head scissors, the referee's like, right, none of that. Out you go. <laughs> You're out of here. And I'm like... But if anything, he saved Sasha. <laughs> Why would he eject him? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, Carmella with a, uh, followed that up with a tope sue, sue face, a tope suicida onto her face. And it was like an almost, uh, uh, the phrase used is almost trished herself where you kind of like, you land on your face and then bend. So it looked really, really bad. Like you'd expect every part of you to click when you did it. Um, Still not painful as hell. A little bit rocked, obviously, landing your face kind of like that. Uh, but, yeah. See what happens when you eject Reginald. <laughs> the man saved her last month, uh, catching her on a dive where some, somewhat similarly didn't quite nail it. Uh, yeah, third pay a few times the charm. Yes, Carmelo was thankfully okay and good to get up and try to tap out the champion in the ring. Uh, but Sasha fought out and eventually had the bank statement locked in for the win. Uh, Carmella with a close roll-up and ended up smoothly rolled into the submission. Uh, kicking off with both champions retaining. Yeah. I thought, yeah, again, this was a solid showing, but they didn't really get the time to move on to anything spectacular. So it's a difficult one to grade. And obviously Carmella being a, not, not, locked, not locked super loopy, but seemingly having to wrestle through something. And uh, by the end, I... Thought ah, this needs like maybe five minutes more <laughs> to give me a bit more for Reginald's ejection to have a bit more time before Reginald's ejection and then to also have a bit more time after <laughs> his ejection to show things escalating a bit stronger. Uh, what we got was yeah him getting ejected what felt like a little bit too early and then the match ending just as it was getting good and building somewhere. So, yeah, I mean again they were both still good together. It was still a good pairing. I enjoyed watching the match. It was just you know. Not really much to dance with. Uh, anyway, uh, Bad Bunny then has sang his song about Booker T, which then led us into the Women's Royal Rumble. And if I scroll down far enough, I can get to the Universal Championship. Hoorah. Also, you would have noticed I've skipped over the backstage segments and things that led to certain spots or whatever, including Pete Rosenberg becoming 24-7 champion. It's just, you know, it's a long show. It's already like 1 hour 10 and I've not even done the last one standing match yet. <laughs> so, skip over it. Who cares? Uh, the final match I'm going to be talking about tonight. The Universal Championship last man standing. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman versus Kevin Owens. More like Kevin no wins. Am I right? 
<laughs> it's a top notch gag. Uh, laying in fists right from the bell. He's like, yes, the tone for this match has been set. Uh, when that's your starting point, like you've got some heights to build to. Uh, an awesome spear from Reigns to Owens at ringside. And uh, the head of the table grabbing some steel steps to go after KO in our ensuing Thunderdome crowd screen brawl. Playing off Reigns, launching the Canadian off there a few weeks ago. The two clambering all over the place. Higher and higher they climbed, seemingly swinging chairs all the way. Owens's fight back wasn't able to get back in, but Roman's was. <laughs> Tired mispronunciation. And the Canadian found himself launched off and through a set of tables, crashing right down. Uh, yeah, he'd have to do that a few more times <laughs> within this match. But the Canadian made it back to his feet, like stumbling backstage as Reigns had a look of misbelief on his face. Uh, the camera then stayed with Owens as he wandered all the way backstage and he got to see that, yeah, Tropicana Field is big. Uh, and for me, amazing comedic timing. The referee are saying, like, can you protect yourself? Like, you know, if you can't protect yourself, the match is over. Right? Right. Okay. Okay. Steps back. Reigns <laughs> with a cuff cut. It's just the fact you say, right, if you can't, you, make sure you can put it yourself, yeah, okay, good, okay, fine, I believe you, that's fine. Golf cart! <laughs> it runs him over. It's just, yeah. Amazing comedic timing. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Tribal Chief then spent a tad too long chatting crap, and that let KO back in, in spite of running him over with a golf cart. And Reigns then gets po popped up power bombs through a backstage announce table. That's a sentence. <laughs> Owens then with a splash off production boxes, but it's still not enough to keep the chief down. Like, oh, we've got to, we've got to elevate things. Oh, there's a forklift. <laughs> it's forklift time, mother effers. <laughs> KO climbed up high and sent on off the forklift. And this holy S-word chance piped in as Reigns barely beat the count. Uh, yeah, that like a painful table spot off the forklift. It was an awesome looking sent on as well. Yeah, look fantastic. Uh, yeah, proper backstage brawl as well. Uh, but Owens is the one dragging Reigns back into the arena. The first time we've really seen Rollins struggling to protect himself since his return. I liked that. Uh, the sudden swing of a spear through the lower Tron. And Owens was only just staying in the match by using the staging around him to prop himself up. Uh, I just, yeah, he saw the devastation. They wrecked Havoc backstage and then they came to the main stage and just... Yeah, charged through the Titan Tron. It's like, yeah, you start to feel what it's going to take for this match to end. They were really building it really, really well. However, with with all that happened, we then entered the phase of Roman. Yes, <laughs> Roman Reigns. Like, Reigns kicking into full, what are you going to make me do mode. It's like, you're not staying down. What are you going to make me do? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, yes, love that about his character. I love it when he kicks into that gear. However, once again, KO was there fighting back. Razor's handcuffs were used against him, and KO end up, ended up cuffing the man to the lower part of a lighting rig, making it impossible for the champion to get to his feet and meet the 10 count. And, like, that's it. Like, or at least it would have been if Roman Reigns' brain didn't kick in, as he realised there was only one way to stop the count. Stop the man from counting. <laughs> so he launched the referee headfirst into a different part of the lighting rig. Uh, no referee and no count. Uh, Heyman then came out to help his client out of the cuffs as KO stumbled about on his feet. And I guess the only blip of this match for me was 
it took a while or maybe like a tad too long to get the cuffs off so that was a tad awkward and Reigns back to his feet and locks in the guillotine and I feel like the cuffs took a bit too long uh, so Kevin Owens still being as out as he was wasn't as easy to transition into but that was the end of the match neither man with like anything left as Roman let go of the hold for the referee's count choked out Reigns finally retains after a hell of a battle just destruction all over inside all over backstage and then staging area. So yeah, it was they really built it up to what's it gonna take? And like Vades was out so Owens was out on his feet and if thought he thought he's out on his feet, but he's just found a really smart way to keep Reigns down. But then Reigns outsmarts him even further. <laughs> and that's what led to the end there for me. Like, yeah, technically the guillotine is anticlimactic in a way. Uh, but in terms of like Reigns's kind of presentation overall it fits it's just that in terms of this match itself you built and built the stunts and then it ends with a choke so it's a bit more low-key but it fits with reigns so i'm fine with that it's fine as people in the house start to get up you know because it's time for work <laughs> not everyone's on imps time uh, but yeah that's the end of the show i for me it's a weird rumble where i don't have much in the way of like super critique but i can say i had a, I was really happily behind one Rumble finish. I wasn't as behind another, but I was more behind the rest of the match for the one I didn't prefer, like the ending to. But I was, but I really liked the ending for the match. I wasn't as into throughout the entire thing. It's a weird mixture. <laughs> I thought all the title matches were solid as well. They again, it felt like it was the right results going into the next thing. So yeah, it's an odd one. Depends on what your mood is with WWE, I guess, in terms of how you will see this show. Like, if you're if you're not somebody who's been fatigued by the former wrestling names of WWE past coming back to then have a WrestleMania match with a current guy, if you're not... Like, I'm just tired of it to the point where I just want to see one main... A, a one <laughs> WWE Championship match at WrestleMania between two current-gen guys. It just doesn't happen. Like last year, we got Bill Goldberg versus Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre, and this year Edge is going to be facing one of them. Like I just, and I'm assuming Brock Lesnar is going to come back for the other. That's just my assumption. I would prefer that not to be the case, but again, that's just my assumption. Because yeah, WrestleMania for me, it's no longer that show where you crown the top of this generation in a way. It's the place where you have like your big names and you try and make it like a showcase marquee match to bring in different fans in a way. But personally, I feel like a really good way to bring in fans is to reward your fans for watching instead of short-term area and then the rest of you doesn't really matter as much. Like, no, reward your fans for the time investment. That's what I would... That's that's my way of, <laughs> for me, uh, of making it look like it'd be worth to tune into your show by like the time investment you've given from over the past year, reward that time investment. Yeah, for me personally, that's what AEW are nailing. Like more time invested, you get more reward out of the show. As in, like watching being the elite, it's more time investment, and you get more out of AEW if you do that. But yeah. Anyway, but in terms of the I'm really, I'm really behind uh, Bianca Belair winning, and that doesn't mean that the edge stuff isn't going to be good. I expect the edge stuff is going to be fantastic television. Again, that's just comparing it to the rest of the Edge stuff or Randy Orton stuff as well has been uh, really high quality stuff. Yeah, that's that. 
Anyway, as my eyes are incredibly blurry, it was a again it's a weird Royal Rumble to because I don't know if I can give a sentence because it's there's so many different balls being juggled here that I or plate, different plates spinning where I don't know what to give this show overall. I think I like in terms of my quote, it's I had my good scenario happen and I had one of my bad scenarios happen. So overall. <laughs> it's a weird mixed bag but like, outside of the rumbles I was, all three of the matches ended with the exact result I would like as well so again that's another weird one where it's really only one match it wasn't as ex- I'm not as excited for I think, I think that's the thing actually technically I can see it was a solid show I'm just not excited because I'm not ex- that excited for seeing another like legend versus current guy match that's my thing Anyway, I'm going to go to bed now. My eyes are going super blurry. I've still got to do the podcast version of this. So anyway, I will be back on Tuesday for the Raw review to see how they follow this up. The Raw after the Royal Rumble. So thank you for listening, for uh, engaging in any way, be that just liking or subscribing or clicking the bell or whatever it is. I will be back on Tuesday for the Raw review. Follow me on Twitter at the damn implicate. That's damn as in damn. And I'll be streaming on Twitch. I normally stream on a Monday. But again, it's it's five hours into Monday now. We'll see if I've got any voice left <laughs> to do that. And uh, yeah, if not, I'll be streaming. Tu- I'll be switching on Tuesday, and I'll be live here with the Raw review. So yes, what did you make of the Royal Rumble? Are you excited for WrestleMania? Uh, are you like me, where uh, excited to see the current generation get a great shining in Bianca Belair, but then a bit down to see a, another older star uh, getting another champion versus older star kind of name. Um, yes. Is that just me? <laughs> Am I the only one down on that? And you're like, oh my god, Edge winning a rumble, that's fantastic. Are you just excited for both winners? I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that reaction as well. Uh, yeah, whatever it is, uh, yeah, comment below, let me know, and I will be back on Tuesday. So without further ado, I bid you adieu. Adios. <laughs>